0: Progressive protects more than just your home and car. You could save when you bundle your motorcycles, ATVs, boats, and RVs. Doesn't that sound good? Like the sound of your boat cruising along the intercoastal. And there's the sound of the prop hitting a really big rock. And now the sound of waves because the engine stopped. But you know what does sound good? You're covered with Progressive. So bundle all your vehicles and home in one place and save with the multi-policy discount. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Hello, everyone, out there, and welcome to Monique Stallings Ministries. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the topic, the meaning behind Black Lives Matter, and Minister John Stallings is going to bring forth the pros, the cons about the topic Black Lives Matter. He's going to bring forth um, information, sound information, along tying that into a a Christian perspective. So with all ado, I want to go ahead and turn the mic over to Minister Stallings so we can get this broadcast started. And please, by all means, chat make comments if you're not hearing us clearly um or when you're not hearing him clearly when he speaks please let him let him know because um, we need to know um that everybody can hear and have a voice in the chat box okay so here goes minister Stallings.
1: Hello, my brothers and sisters tonight, and I hope you guys are having a good night tonight. And uh, this is uh, Minister John Stallings, and tonight we're going to be talking about some hot, heated issues today, tonight. One is going to be we're going to be talking about the meaning behind why Black life matters. And then the second one, we're going to be talking about how that relates to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who we consider the father of the civil rights movement. And then we're going to be talking about the race question, who we are, you know, who we are. if we call African, the black American, Negroes, or what, The, the history behind a little bit of that too, okay? So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So I guess what we're going to do, we're going to get started with, uh, let's see here, Dr. Mon- well, the civil rights movement. You know, we, it's, it's kind of the way I read it is that starting, we're going to start with Dr. King uh, back in 1963, his famous letter, letter from Birmingham, Birmingham jail. And while he was there. Uh, He went through a whole lot of suffering while he was there. He was called to that. So I'm going to read a little bit of the excerpts from that. But prior to doing that, I'm going to say that when Dr. King arrived there in Birmingham, Alabama, during that particular time, that was considered to be Birmingham the most racist, the most discriminatory uh, state and city in the United States. And just prior to that, before him his arrival, George Wallace said he his famous words were segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. So that's what he meant. So we're gonna get into a little bit of Dr. King letter to Birmingham from, from Birmingham jail, because that letter Many theologians have been talking about that, senators, and right after that letter was written, probably back in 1964, we realized that uh, the civil rights uh, law was passed. So this is a very important letter. We all are very, you know, familiar with Dr. King, his letter, I mean, his oratory when he was talking about, I have a dream, but this is a very powerful letter. So I'm going to read some of it here, okay? My dear, April, April the sixteenth, nineteen sixty-three. My dear fellow clergyman, while confined here in Birmingham City Jail, I came across your recent statements calling our present activities unwise and untimely. Seldom, if I ever do, I pause to answer criticisms of my work and my ideals. But since I feel that you are men of good will, and your criticisms are sincerely set forth, I would like to answer your statement in what I hope will be patient and reasonable terms. I think I should give the reason of my being in Birmingham. Since you have been influenced by the argument of outsiders coming in, I have the honor of serving as president of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference an organization operating in every southern state with headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. We have some 85 affiliates organization all across the South. Several months ago, our local affiliate here in Birmingham invited us to be on call to engage in a nonviolent direct action program. And if such were deemed necessary, we readily consented. Now, I'm going to go back a little later on and we're going to compare his, his uh, movement, his affiliation with why Black Life Matters, because I think they have like 60 organization affiliates, okay, and growing worldwide. But more basically, I am in Birmingham because justice are here. Okay. Pardon me here. I'm here, he said, basically because I'm in Birmingham because injustice is here. Just as the prophets of the 8th century BC left their villages and carried their, thus said the Lord, far beyond the boundaries of their homes, towns, and just as the Apostle Paul left his village to Tarsus and carried the gospel of Jesus Christ to the four corners of greco Roman world, so am I. I, com- I compel to carry the gospel of freedom beyond my own hometown. Like Paul, I must constantly respond to the Macedonian call for aid. And moreover, I am cognizant of the interrelatedness of all communities and states. I cannot sit idly by in an Atlanta and not be concerned about what happens in Birmingham. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Never again can we afford to live in a narrow provincial, outside agitator ideal. Anyone who lives in the United States of America can never be considered an outsider anywhere within its bounds. Now, in any nonviolent campaign, there are four basic steps that we take. One, collecting of the facts to determine whether injustice are there. Number two, negotiation. Number three, self-purification. And four, direct action. We have gone through all of these steps in Birmingham. Birmingham is probably the most thoroughly segregated city in the United States, as I said earlier. Its ugly record of police brutality is known in every section of the country. Its unjust treatment of Negroes in the courts is a notorious reality. There have been more and saw bombings of Negro homes and churches in Birmingham than in any city in this nation. These are the hard, brutal, unbelievable facts. And on the basis of these conditions, Negro leaders sought to negotiate with the city fathers. But the political leaders consistently refused to engage in good faith organization and negotiation. Thank you. <laughs> now, on the basis of these promises, uh, the Reverend Shutterworth and the leaders of the Alabama Christian Movement for the Human Rights agreed to call a mar- uh, moratorium on any type of demonstration. As the weeks and months unfolded, we realized that we were the victims of broken promises. The signs remain, as in so many experiences in the past. We were confronted with blasted hopes and the dark shadow of a deep disappointment settled upon us. So we had no alternative except that of preparing for direct action. And local and national communities, okay, now the other thing is said, for direct action, whereby we would present our very bodies as a means of laying our case before the consciousness of the local and national community. We were not unmindful of the difficulties involved. So we decided to go through the process of self-purification. We started having workshops on nonviolence and repeated ask questions, ask the question, are you able to accept the blows without retaliation? Are you able to endure the ideals of jail? Or as Jesus said, if somebody smike you on the right cheek, turn the other cheek too. Are you willing to do that? Then it said, Now, you may well ask, why direct action? Why sit ins and marches? Isn't negotiation a better path? You are exactly right in your call for negotiation. Indeed, this is the purpose of direct action. Leftovers?
0: Or. The DMV? Or. House cleaning? Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Woodwork prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Chumba. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Word we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Nonviolence. Hey, Alan. glad Miss Anna's lucky, lucky joining us tonight. <laughs> okay, and... So like Dr. Cameron, we'll get back to the uh, article here. You may well ask, why direct action? Why sit-ins and marches? Isn't negotiation a better path? You are exactly right in your call for negotiation. Indeed, this is the purpose of direct action. Nonviolent direct action seeks to create such a crisis and establish such creative tension that a community that has constantly refused to negotiate is forced to confront the issue, just as Socrates felt that it was necessary to create a tension in the mind of so many individuals that could rise from the bondage of myths and half-truth to the unfathered realms of creative analysis and objective appraisal. We must see the need for nonviolent gadfires to create the kind of tension in society that will help men and Men rise from the dark depths of prejudice and racism to the majestic heights of understanding and brotherhood. And I noticed he used the word gadflies, but I like to use the word nowadays butterflies. Butterflies because it's so colorful. It comes from a a, a cocoon, but then it bursts into something so beautiful. And America is like a butterfly, we're all different colors. You know, so that's what I like to say. You know, I like, I like that analogy. So y'all just bear with me. And now back to Dr. King. My friends, I must say to you that we have not made a single gain in civil rights without legal and nonviolent pressure. History is a long and tra- tragic story of the fact that privileged groups seldom give up their privilege voluntarily. Individuals may see the moral lights and give up their unjust posture. And they say we know through painful experience that freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. Frankly, I never yet engaged in a direct action movement that was well-timed. According to the timetable of those who have not suffered unduly for the disease of segregation, for years now I have heard the word wait. It rings in the ear of every Negro with the piercing familiarity. That word Negro that he used, we're going to be dealing with that later on. Negro, we've been called Negro, African-American, Black-American, who are we? But anyway, we're going to move on. He said, but this was, this weight has always meant never. It has been a tranquilizing drug, releasing, relieving the emotional stress for a moment, only to give birth to an ill-formed infant of, of frustration. We must come to see with the disgusted disgust, disgusted jurists of yesterday that justice too to long delayed is justice denied. And we have waited for more than 340 years for our constitutional and God-given rights. The nations of Africa and Asia are moving with jack-lack speed towards the goal of political independence. And we still creep at horse and buggy pace towards the gaining of a cup of coffee at a lunch counter. Perhaps it's easy for those who have never felt the stinging dots of segregation to say, wait. But when you have seen vicious mob... Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Uh Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually.
0: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me,
1: what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com.
0: Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh,
1: Lynch, your mothers and fathers at will are drowned, and your sisters and brothers at whim, when you have seen hate-filled policemen curse, kick, brutalize, and even kill your black brothers and sisters with impunity, When you see the vast majority of over 20 million Negro, that word Negro, brothers smothering in an airtight cage of poverty in the midst of an affluent society. When you suddenly find your tongue twisted when your speech stammering as you seek to explain to your six-year-old daughter why she can't go to a public amusement park called Fun Park that had just been advertised on television and see the tears welling up in her little eyes when she is told that fun time is closed to colored children. And see the depressing clouds of inferiority began to form in her little mental sky. And then we see her began to distort her little personality by unconsciously developing a bitterness towards white people. When you have to concoct an answer for a five-year-old son who is asking in an agonizing pathos, Daddy, why do white people treat colored people so mean? Now, remember the word, colored, Negro, colored, African-American. So, but they say, why do, then the little boy said, Daddy, why do white people treat colored people so mean? When you take... A cross-country drive, and find it necessary to sleep night after night in the uncomfortable corners of your automobile, because no motel will accept you. When you are humiliated day in and day out by nagging, sign reading white men and white men and color, and when you when your first name become nigger, and your nagging and your middle name become boy, however old you are. <laughs> And your last name become John, which is my name. And when your wife, or mother, are never given the respected title that she deserve of Mrs. And when you are harried by day and night, haunted by day and night by the fact that you are a Negro living constantly at tiptoe stance, never given, never given um, the opportunity to be who you are and express American. Be part of the dream. Okay. Now, one other thing I want to say, you know, I'm gonna bring this home to where I'm at. You know, my son just graduated here in San Antonio, and this, you know, let y'all know what it's all about. See, I am. Well, I used to say black America, but now I heard uh, one of the great speakers speak this weekend, this week, and uh, he he was saying that we come from a national descent, African descent. And that's where I'm coming from. But anyway, my son had graduated from from high school, Arthur Hi. High School. And we were going in West Texas. And we were driving the van. The, the and all of a sudden, I got ready to make a turn. And then all of a sudden, as I made the left turn, and the police lights came on. It was a state trooper. And the next thing that I knew, I experienced, were... The sounds came from the police. They had the gun drawn, and they were saying, Driver, throw the keys out the car. Put your hand on the steering wheel. And my son, who had just graduated, had his gown on, cap and gown on. He was a success on National Honor Society. He said, Dad, this is a little intense for a regular parking, regular uh, traffic stop. I said, yes, it is, son. And then he told me to get out, and I got out. And then he said, you have any other passengers? I told my wife to get out. Then we had Miss Anna, who's on on the podcast tonight. And she's our little Jewish friend. And I, my two sons, and my wife, Monique. And uh, it was a very frightening thing. Any any negative move that I would have made, I would have been another tragedy. And then they, then I told my wife to get out. And then she wanted to go back in there and tell everybody. I said, "No, Monique, be cool. Don't go back up in there. They will shoot you." And uh, you know, so anyway, we we went back, and everybody got out, and we went back. To the and then the thing, then the thing I knew was um, they asked me. I told them, I said, "I don't know why." I asked them, why are you pulled me over. He said, "This that banner reported as stolen." I say what, and then the bottom line, it was you know. Then they checked. My wife had to show the registration. They wouldn't let me move. Now I'm a business owner in this same area, and a minister. And then they went. We told them. They said the tag was uh, stolen. Replaced. Somebody took our tag, and, and so it was on the, the tag was re- reported as stolen. And uh, so. But that was bad. That's dealing with not good police tactics, you know, because we could have gotten killed. Now this was a great day, but this day would go back down in memory with my son, who had his great day, and then from there, you know, we went on home with no tag. <laughs> they took, the, we removed the tag, and they got the church. I got to church and told everybody, check your tags. And, uh, because it could have been something really, really w- worse. I could have been dead. Y'all wouldn't hear me talking tonight. And there's many more, you know, episodes like that. So, I, I just wanted to, you know, take some time to talk a little bit about that and bring it back home. Okay? And, uh, you know, that's some of the things that we're going to talk about. I think when me-
0: been talking about um, different things that we as people from a Christian perspective because we've got our friend who's very supportive Anna Slucky and we've got Miss um, Bonnie there as well but we all at that time at that point we were all held up but they were mo- mo- mostly focused on Minister Stallings um, and it was no question, asked it was it was It was individuals who themselves were nervous, but don't get me wrong. It turned out, it turned out fine because once they found out that the car belonged to us, however, these officers were apologetic. They were very sorry. Matter of fact, they were showing us everything on on their scanners. So again, when we talk about, as this ties into, you know, police brutality and things that aren't going right, we have cops that are good and we have those that are bad um, and so we and people in society need to of course just like in the bible you, you separate the goats from the sheep, and because of that we need to have a system where we're able to decipher the good cops from the bad cops and we need to de- be able to decipher you know racism and all malice because when you're dealing with racism, we can have racism within our own communities. Again, we can have racism within within our own races, based being based on the color of your skin. And um, Minister John, myself, and my son today, at, again, we do research where we actually start, where we actually start looking you know, as to where these doctorings and philosophies come from. Again, we can take it from a biblical perspective. We, why do we have all of these different denominations? Because if you look at it wholeheartedly, it, de- it is dealing with racism. It is dealing with the pigmentation of a person's color. It is dealing with the, with the region for which that individual has come from. And today we also learned, um, everybody I'm sure who's ever studied and heard about the Darwin theory, which actually Darwin was not, the he, he actually expounded on the evolution um, of what was given. Antonio, we have our guest Antonio. What was the man that actually started in the West, in Western civilization?
1: I'm not sure,
0: but I remember you told him he was, in, he was a person in times of ancient Rome. Yeah, he was. My son doesn't have the name specifically, but he was in a time of ancient Rome where um, he's the one that, you know, came up with this. But in, in the century that Darwin was in, he just expounded on those things. But then again, Darwin, as racist as he was... He had the lineage, he was, he had lineages from a Jewish person, and, you know, yet he brought um, he's He went against the, the word of God, saying that Africans were created, they were created from monkeys and apes, and, and these theories were being taught in the classes as they are today. So we as Christians, we've actually had some of our own children believing these things when the Word of God, again, never ever stated that. So you have a man who has created, who expounded on the evolution um, arena, where they justify treating individuals uh, whose pigmentation was different from theirs to be able to try to treat them anyway, or. Uh, or say they were less than human beings And then there was another man Through this um, Through this epi- Not this epidemic but through the theology He created a book And um, uh, Minister Stalin is going to speak About that but we, did, we Have Hitler who Wanted a pure race What is a pure race? He hated the Jews He did not want He didn't want any Jew to be alive or to live. And so we we have all these things. And even with the Black Lives Matter movement, you have the pros and you have the cons. But a lot of times people are saying Black Lives Matter, they really don't understand the history behind what is Black Lives Matter or who is the individual who came up by by putting individuals and racists and saying this is, we're going to put you in certain races so that you, so that we can take over superiority. And and like, again, like I've said, and I've said in my other my other uh, radio podcast, that people would say you're black, and I said I'm not black, but my DNA, again, coming from Louisiana, I knew that I had more than one co- type of um, DNA in me. I came from more than one ancestral um, tribe. And so now that we're having this, I'll call it an awakening of who we are. First of all, we know that we're God's child or we're God's children. But secondly, we have allowed these anthropologists who came up with theories who were racist in nature to separate individuals from each other. And now we're having this talk right now, and I'm thanking God that I have this platform to speak on. So now I'm going to turn the the mic back over to Minister Stallings and let him continue this um, discussion.
1: Thank you, Monique. My gorgeous queen, beautiful wife. Now, I, I was mentioning also about my son Antonio. You know, after that he graduated, and this, let me tell you, because he could have gotten assassinated that night too. But he went on. He has, like uh, I said, he was a National Honor Society's young man. He went on and got a uh, eighty-four thousand dollar presidential scholarship. His brother is. Uh, Oh. Mechanic, right the God. And Al, she's a wonderful songbird that's a to with us. And my wife, Monique. You know, she's now almost got her a master's degree in Christian psychology. And I'm a pastor in the civil rights advocate. I'm an advocate
0: also. And let's say with Miss Adam. Miss Adam made a
1: comment. Miss Adam made a comment. yes we were all made by a creator who created us to be. Different in color, size, male and female. I like what you said about the viewed butterfly. Wow, so true. Thank you, Ms. Anna. Okay. Now, we, I'm going to kind of take a little curve the, take a little twist here, Take a little twist here because I said I was going to talk a little bit about now the uh, why black lives matter, the meaning behind this great movement. Which, did, which is a misunderstood movement. So, have got to realize now, to understand the power movement that began in 2013, that we have to jump back nearly about 400 years to grasp on perhaps on the same struggle in the black community fought then. then, the idea that all people should be treated fairly in the eyes of the law and institutions. Now, I like this young lady that called, her name is, well, not young, her name is Dr. Finney Coleman, the UNM associate professor. She said, ultimately, when our responses become human responses as opposed to racial responses, that is when we are going to change as a society. Wow. I like that. I want to stay with that because I've heard some of my people, Pastor uh, Dr. Miles Munro said that we become human first. We become a child of God first. And then we part of whatever nationality we are. Because our manufacturer, the one that made us, he's the one that designed, pers- you know, gave us a personality. He's the one that gave us an assignment. We do personality tests as part of my ministry we get personality tests to find out who people are, what they came from, and what kind of gift they they have. We use Brig uh, Myers and Carl Jung tests. I think it's a 64-question test. And if you answer those questions correctly, you will find exactly who you really are. You will find out why the creator created you and what kind of personality you have. I think it's like 17 personalities. But I'm not saying that we all schizophrenic uh, where, where you're at. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there are different types of personalities, the extrovert and an introvert. And when you take those tests, it comes back and lets you know what kind of skills and talents you have. Mine came back. When I answered mine, it came back I was an extrovert. You know, that's probably see why I'm getting the microphone for my wife. I want to talk a little bit more. I'm just joking, y'all. But uh, but I'm an extrovert. I'm an ENFJ. Now it come back and tell you what famous people that have your same your similar personality. Mine is uh, President Obama. I have a Hitchcock type of personality. Okay, so that's kind of you know I had that's the kind of personality I have like President Obama. Okay, and uh, it tells me the type of work that I need to be in. It tells me that I need to be in the uh, business arena. And I'm a business consultant. You know, I've been in the financial industry for about 35 years, selling cars, doing real estate, mortgage broker, and so forth. Now, and also I'm an advocate for the veterans. I help them get the rights that they need, and figure out who they are, and get the rights and everything else. So now that's a little bit about what we do in dealing with purpose. And the other thing is around here. But anyway, I want to let y'all know that now we're dealing with, uh, back to the what the purpose of the meaning behind the black uh, why black life matters. The University of New Mexico professor said, uh, Freeman Coleman said the matter of the movement with the 1920s and when the association led the black civil rights struggle Dealing with uh, fighting racial violence, discrimination, and employment, unemployment. That's one thing. The other thing that they were talking about, this whole movement began. Can y'all get me out here? Because we have a little problem with the mic. This whole movement began in uh, 2000, I think, hold on, 2013. I'll, let me make sure. This movement began... see here. 2012 about Trayvon, that was when he got killed. Trayvon Martin was fatally shot in 2012. He was 17 years old. As he walked home from a convenience store, George Zimmerman, who was patrolling the townhouse community in Sanford, Florida, pulled the trigger. Zimmerman later claimed to have shot the teenager in self-defense during a physical altercation. It took two weeks before Zimmerman was eventually arrested and charged with uh, Martin murder. Black Lives Matter, founded in 2013 in response to Zimmerman acquittal. The global organization said that its mission is to eradicate white supremacy and build local power to intervene in violence inflicted on black communities by states and vigilantes by combating and countering acts of violence, creating space for black, imag- black imagination and innovation and, and centering black's joy, we are winning immediately, immediately improvement in our lives. Black Lives Matter, three founders, Alicia Gossel, Patrice Cullors, and Opal Tometi said that the project is now a member led global network that includes more than forty chapters. Okay. And as that goes, forty chapters, they are a they kinda of like a power ballground, like I see, you know, the Bible Genesis. When this group movement is so huge right now that everyone, all organization, many that I guess the National Football League, the Basketball League, National NBA is behind it, everyone. Is getting behind this movement right now, and as God says in, in in the book of Genesis, when the power when the men decided to build the Tower of Babylon, that Tower was going up so quickly, and God was saying, "Look at what these people are doing." Hmm. He said, uh, "We have to stop there because the work they have one; they are united, and nothing will be impossible." for him. So God had to wow. uh, slow that work down and change the languages and that's what we are doing, doing now, you know. Because the only thing was they want to make a name for themselves. You know what I mean? Now, you know, like life, at least speak for everybody. You know, so the other thing I think we'll need want to say something else, but uh, we just you know, the movement is moving on uh, there's, some, there's some positive and good, the pros and the cons with it. So we'll be talking about that a little later. Monique, want to say something now?
0: Yes, Mr., uh, Minister Stalins, as you talked about, we're going to talk about Black Lives Matter and giving the pros and the cons. What I'd like for you to address in this radio um, podcast is for the Black Lives Matter, we need to talk about, you said that you would talk about the issues of the black lives matters the pros and the cons those that have a mission really to change lives but again not just black lives but all lives because just like when Martin Luther King said in his speech it's about basically humanity it's about all people of all races but however I'd like you to go ahead and expound more on the black lives matter um, organizations because they're using the 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 logo "Black Lives Matter" and people are getting confused as for those that are for and those who are just who wanting to just um, be chaotic about it. Because in every race, you have the good organizations and you have the bad organizations. So, can we kind of can you kind of expound on there before the um, the broadcast is over? Thank you.
1: Yes, I'll be glad to expound on that a little bit more. Because the, as I said, the Black Lives movement, it has a lot, We have I think about uh, 60 different affiliates right now. And, you know, there's many organizations a part of that. You know, I think, uh, I think one of them might be, well, one of them is Alicia Gaza. She has a movement. She's part of that. Her moment was, from my, to my understanding, from my reading, was that the reason she got involved was because she has a PhD in psychology, and at one time she could understand why her daughter, her brother, her sister hated her so much and so rude to her. And then later on, she found out that they, she had uh, some mental issues, and she, so from there, and that's where why Miss Gosner, why Misses uh, Gosner decided to go ahead and. Phillips, her last name is Phillips, too, decided to go into psychology and get a PhD. And that's her movement. She helped people understand that some people are doing things because of uh, mental illnesses.
0: Okay, what's
1: that? Racism, and, you know, uh, it's quite a few. But So, her, Mrs. Stop,
0: Minister Shawling, so what you're saying is, so her Black Lives Matter is dealing with with people of ancestors, um, ancestral African um, descendants that's dealing with with the mental issues. Now, what uh, uh, what other organizations that are using the logo Black Lives Matter? Good question. Uh, that the lesbian and gay
1: rights, they part of that too. Their lives matter. And dealing with the veterans, I think even the veterans getting out of the jails we dealing with them also. So, that's uh, a good movement. Like I said, there's so many things. You're dealing with uh, artists, uh, dealing with the uh, Rappers, singers, they are there too. So we got people from all across the spectrum who is involved with that, okay, with that movement. But before we end, I really want to cover another section of this. Because tonight, just prior to this, I was watching a video, a TV, on YouTube. And it's called Human Zoom Zooms. Okay, can you hear me now better, Anna? Okay. Before we would talk, I was watching a video on YouTube called "Human Zoos," like a zoo. America forgot forgotten history of scientific racism, the Darwin theory. Monique mentioned some of that. At one time, Darwin theory, they had went and got some African Americans. They were trying to compare them. I mean, they got some Africans. And they were trying to compare and saying that we, the black Africans, came from uh, apes and stuff, gorillas. And that we would have ape and have, have, have um, man. So the thing is, then there was, it, was, it was a circus thing. So then all of a sudden we had this one pastor, we had this one pastor named Mr. James Gardner. He said, "Now he's because people with forty thousands of people would go to the zoo and see this guy that looked like a you know in the in uh, African America in the circle in the thing with a little monkey." So he said, "No, we can't be doing that." So he said, "This is a Christian country, placing African Americans on exhibition to prove the Darwin theory." It's not It's all reason and we all came from God. So nobody can say that we are just, you know, so that's the kind of thing that we that that been going on. They called a boy in a cave or the monkey. And that part of what she's been dealing with. And then from there, uh, that same little man, so much little boy that was in there, they moved him to some kind of a place a, a mental institution in Lynchburg, Virginia. And then they said allegedly that suicide because he was so frustrated with what they were doing to him. And there's all the most theories that we will probably get into. And then the, well I want to touch a base, one little thing here also. The other thing that I found out, the other thing I found out was that the eugenics theory scientific scientists from Yale and all, all over the United States what they do, they they started out collecting information on people, person on people. Uh, I guess African American, Mexican, and Latinos. They was keeping records of the races. And then what they was doing? So what they were doing from there? They was gathering information to prove that African African descent people was inferior to white. And there was another book came out called uh, The Rising Tide of Color by Lothra Stardard. The the title, I think the the theme was The Threat Against White World Supremacy. And it was really just gathering the doctrine of of, 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 uh, Marxism Karl Marx. And so it's kind of like what I said now is the uh, taking the DNA test. I took the DNA test my wife, she did it for me it was a gift for Christmas for my birthday. She did the test for me she ordered the test for me 23andMe and then it came back Telling me that I'm like really about 85% African descent. The other thing, I have Native American in me, I have Chinese and Southeastern in me, I have um, European in me. And then the other thing that came back, it says that also they were able to take uh, the DNA from a mummy in Egypt. Egypt. And it shows that I'm a of Pharaoh Ramses the <coughs> Third, Ramses the and I was like, "Wow, what's going on?" So then I was amazed because around my eyes, if you know me, it's a circle in both of my eyes. And when I man, they pulled a picture of what Ramses Pharaoh Ramses the Third would look like today, it had the same thing. It also Shell tells you that. That family, Pharaoh Ramsey the Third, had an alcohol problem. You know, I defeated that, but I had that in my family too. So that's what this eugenics test kind of like shows. What kind of um, background you have? What kind of uh, if you have if you, if you have any certain type of health conditions, all of that. So the government is kind of like taking gathering information on you, on us. Uh, to use that to try to prove sometime I think uh, that one race is superior to another. They miss uh they misuse that information now but but the Bible said we all are created in the image of God and I come from God, you know. So God created me and that's why I w I don't wanna get this thing uh twisted because the whole thing what I wanna do <clears throat> is really try to find out who my daddy my granddaddy is. See my grand I was born in South Carolina Daddy was Herbert Stallings. Apparently, he, my granddaddy got killed in Augusta, Georgia, crossing the Savannah River Bridge. He was riding his motorcycle to go to the hospital and see his newborn son. But there's no history of that. None of my family members can tell me. So that's the reason. That's my why that I wanted to find out who my granddaddy is because it's a family secret. Okay. And so we're getting pretty close. I found another young man that have the same DNA that I have. And another he's he was also 53 years old. And he told me, we responded, he found each other on uh, 23andMe, that for 53 years, the man he thought was his dad was not his dad. So now he's looking for his real dad and we've got something in common. So we're getting pretty close to finding out who my granddaddy is. So uh, we, we cover a lot of information tonight, so wrapping this thing up. All we we're trying to say is that Black Lives Matter is a good movement, but anything you know is good. There are pros and cons, good and bad in it. Dr. King movement was very good. He has some a lot of good stuff. People criticized him too, some of the leaders. But Dr. King also, we got to be aware now that we don't step out. That's what that's the point I really want to drive home tonight. Is that we don't want to get to the point where we think we are superior to anybody else. and And I heard uh, Conway West said uh, the, in a speech this week that Dr. King, weeks before he was assassinated, he went to see the Elijah Elijah Muhammad. And he told Elijah Muhammad. He said, now, now if you think that you can set up your movement, In South Carolina, I mean the South, South Carolina, Alabama, and Georgia, you're using a pipe dream. Uh, And then uh, Elijah Muhammad told him, "If you think you can run into a burning house and integrate it, you're thinking a pipe dream too." So Dr. King also said that now, if America, his prophecy was this. He said, now, if you guys do not get get this this question right, America, on the race question, it's going to be a nightmare. America will become a nightmare. You'll see all kind of blood streets just pouring in the river like a river of blood in America on our streets. From one country to another, one nation, one state to another. Now this thing is going to the world. So I'm seeing the prophecy of Dr. King because, (laughs) see, he said, I stood in the middle, Dr. King said. I was trying to keep. Peace between the black nationalist group and 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 the civil rights group. I was talking about Jesus, you know, this turn other cheek, love all men, you know, all all people. We all descendants of God. We've the DNA of Jesus. So Dr. King was trying to do some good things, but now we have a new generation coming up, the Malians in. The young people, uh, they bold. They're not really familiar with Dr. King. They say, with Dr. King mess up, Mr. the point just by himself? We are, re- we are united now. And we are changing the world. You know, so, and with the coronavirus, people, I, I know here in San Antonio that they want to open up the schools. Our president said, if y'all selling telling the schools, if they do not open up, they will not get any funding. So, some of them still opening up, but a little 15-year-old girl started a, a petition, said, look, we are fighting for the rights of the school teachers. We don't want them to get exposed to this coronavirus and pass it on to their family and die. And even we don't want to die. And It was a 35,000 people petition, and they're not going to open up schools here in San Antonio until later in so September. It's going to be all by, uh, they're going to be doing it on, you know, online. Which is good. So, you know, the bottom line for the love of money, people do all kinds of crazy things. So, love thing. And like Dr. King said, I'll end with this. Do not let no man drive you so low to make you hate him. I'm all about love. I'm all about peace. I'm all about gentleness. I'm all about understanding. Because Knowledge is power. And and once we get this power, this knowledge, we'll become very powerful. And racism really, when in the Navy, I found out racism ain't nothing but ignorance. Because some people said I never when I was in the Navy said I never saw a black person before. I never communicated, never had a a friend. But now he's my friend.
0: I used to hate black
1: people because somebody told me I hate them. And some black hate white people. Mm-hmm. Hispanics hate you know, Jesus said, the color of race, race is going to be with you until he comes back. But we got to learn to live together, brothers. Ah, we're going to perish as food, that Dr. King said. Thank you all for uh, listening. I uh, hope we, we got something out of this. And Monique?
0: Thank you, Minister Stallings, for your um, ex- expounding on Black Lives Matters, also from your own personal experience with your family, with yourself, and also things that you've experienced um, in the church community. So the bottom line is this. We have to be- bring facts because we do live in a real world. But we need to also be able to make sure that we understand who we are first we are first children of god but the lord has allowed us to be born in different ethnicities and those who truly understand where they came from and what they have inside you're not going to be with the status quo you're not going to go with everybody else. When they said, you're black. And I've I've had this argument for many times, and I've also got it in my own race, where they they would say, are you white? I go, no, I said I'm Creole. And the reason why I say that is because I knew the different DNA that I have within me. But then when I did my DNA, again, I keep saying it went further. I have 2.1% of Ashkenazi Jew. I have British and Irish, and I can go on and on. But when I tell someone that, now I'm saying it because I truly understand who I am, and I'm not going to let a theory from Darwin and these other scientists um, that pushed, because they used the human mind, they, they knew what to strive for, because... They're not understanding, like John talked about when we were in the military. I have friends that were very dear and near to me, and they were of all nationalities. And a lot of times they would say, the only time I saw, well, they would say black, because that's what they were taught, was on television. And the ignorance was broken. And places like in the military, um, places where uh, you see children who know no color, because after all, it has to be taught in the home. But we as Christians, this is our platform. This is our platform to speak about injustice regardless of what nationality you are, what language you speak. Know that we are children of God and we need to speak up for injustice. Like, Like Dr. Martin Luther King says, we need to speak up for injustice. And we need to always take everything from a biblical perspective. And not always what was said in the Bible because um, the Jews were against the Gentiles. They were fighting. Uh, You know, there's always war. But we need to stand on what Jesus Christ says. He says, if you live in me and I live in you, you can ask for anything and it will be given to you. And I close this out and I thank you for everyone that's listened to this podcast Yes, Minister Starlings?
1: I know we're wrapping up here on this podcast. But I I want to let people know that as Christians, the Bible is what our, our manual that we have to live by. That is our basic instruction before leaving Earth. But I'm aware of another Bible that they talk about, The Great Race, The Great Race by, by Madison Grant. Now that was a book, that was a uh, book that was published, and Hitler used that. He considered that his Bible, and that people were more, you know, white was superior to black, and y'all know what he did to the Holocaust. And there may be a, a Jewish person listen to me. I know there are. And uh, but all those people got killed because of that false information. So I recommend from what I'm telling you, what Monique is saying, all do become like the Berean. Hear the word of God, hear it from a preacher, then go and search those scriptures and see what been what has if it's result. So. And that's what I have to do. Study to show yourself approved to God. The work beneath and not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And that's what we tried to do tonight. And uh, we're trying to say, let's let us live together. Let let Hebrews 11, 13, 1, let brotherly love continue. That's what I'm I'm all about. I'm advocating love. I don't care what color you are, and I you know, and I tell people. That we are like Baskin Robbins. There's 31 flavors, man. You know, some might be chocolate. Some might be vanilla. Some might be uh, strawberry, walnut, or whatever. Pearls and cream. But we all make a difference. Okay? Whatever color you are. And uh, heaven is going to be a place.
0: And this is Monique (laughs) Stallings with Let's Talk. Everyone have a good evening and just meditate on what was said and we always say always go back to the word of God.
1: And I love you all.
0: You're not- Leftovers or the DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Or. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a 100 different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Were prohibited by law. T terms and conditions apply. See website for details.